Hey guys, I'm Nat. And I'm Ashton. And we, we are the Nerds in Flannel. Flannel. Welcome back. Uh, so, Ashton, we had a pretty good evening. We what did. What did you say? Dude, we, we, went, we went on a date. Like, yeah. That was, that was a date. It was a date. Very I, straight date. Yes. If, if, to clarify, yes, very straight date. I had a wonderful time. I did too. Ashton, tell the folks what we did. So, to start things off... um. Actually, I'm not going to start things off from the beginning of the day because we, we we already recorded a pod today. Yes. Um, <laughs> I'll start things off from the dinner part. How about that? We went to Boston Pizza. We did go to Boston Pizza. Had a time. Pizza. Had a drink. Had some pasta. And then we went to go see a pre-screening of a movie that we've been... I want to say we were like super hyped for, but we were very interested in. Yes. It, it looks you know, like the trailer's been playing for months uh in the theater and we see movies way too much uh and yeah it just it just seemed like a really good movie that movie is bullet train bullet train we we didn't really know what to expect like it was like brad pitt on a train fighting people dope dude sign me up but this turned out to be a very uh different movie than we were expecting but different in a good way because this is this movie took us on a trip it did didn't it it's a trip and there were some points where it went off the rails. Literally. Literally <laughs> off the rails. And, uh, you know, this was a really fun movie that, I don't know. Like, it's hard to say because it, there's nothing really to compare it to, really. Yeah. Think about it. I feel like it's its own thing. It's very, how would I, how would I put this? It's Murder on the Orient Express cross nonstop Liam Neeson cross seven samurai cross deadpool 2 deadpool 2 it's a very very stylized movie yeah with the, you know the quick cuts and the lighting and the action scenes are pretty sick so honestly yeah so quick warning uh there will be spoilers in this review yes so if you are if you haven't seen this movie yet i know we're a couple days early um with seeing it because i think it officially releases friday or something with like we we couldn't even usually with a lot of movies here in uh up in the Great White North, at Cineplex you can see if things are like pre-releasing on like the Wednesday or Thursday beforehand. This is the Tuesday we're recording this, and we can't find any other screenings for this on like a Wednesday or Thursday. Yeah, I don't think I we I kind of found this on a whim because you know we were uh we were always planning to watch a movie on Tuesday, but I when I was scrolling through what to watch, I'm like, isn't Bullet Train out on Friday? I thought it was on Friday, so I checked and it was just like this pre-advanced screening and. Uh, it's the only one. There's only one pre-screening, uh, in the in the entire, uh, uh, what's it called, Lower Mainland, I yeah. suppose. Other than unless you want to go to uh, what's it called, um, like, I don't want to say Abbotsford, somewhere like in Kelowna or something. Yeah, which yeah, it's it's outside the Lower Mainland anyway. So, mm-hmm. and it, it just also happened to be the very theater that's just down the road from where Nat lives. Yes, and that's kind of where we're hanging out right now anyway so it's true it, it was it was a time dude it was a friggin' time yeah no i love this movie like especially i think the theater experience was good too because we saw this movie in d box with d box uh, with the motion seats it's tuesday it costs 17 dollars, and we said why not right for yeah. my for a pre-screening movie for on the tuesday for d box it doesn't get much better than that yeah not really and uh these, these two guys beside us were like they were laughing and having a good time. They're pretty much us, but like older and pretty much who yeah. we're gonna be in the future. Exactly. Like who we're gonna be in our forties. 
yeah man no it was a it was a heck of a time um yeah yeah well let's let's get into some things that we we really enjoyed about this movie yes um this is a stellar stellar cast ashton oh it is should, should we name some off for the for the folks here let's do it all right well obviously you have my favorite one of my favorite actors and that not even kidding like one of my favorite actors Mr. Brad Pitt. Ooh. Uh, you know, he's been in a lot of things. I loved him in Fury. Um, obviously, uh, The Curious Case of Benjamin Button. Mr. Uh, and Mrs. Smith. Mr. and Mrs. Smith, yes. Uh, what else has he been in? What's that one? Dr- I can't remember that drama, but he's been in other things, too. Oh, yeah. He's he, he's a big actor. And we're, we're probably missing one of his big roles that he's been in. This might actually end up being one of his last big roles. Yes. Uh... He was also in, oh Fight Club that's what Fight Club oh 100%. Fight Club, uh Once Upon a Time in Hollywood good movie uh Meet Joe Black and Ashton remember your uh was it number like your honorable mention or on your list for uh top ten movies of twenty twenty two so far The Lost City yes yes he he was he, I would say he had a main role yeah and oh dude I actually forgot he's one in one of my favorite movies of all time Moneyball oh yeah um. Yeah. Also, who else is? Let's, let's say Bad he, Bunny. Bad Bunny. Um, so, is he a rapper? He is a rapper. That's why that's his uh, stage name. Sounds like a rapper. Latin trap, and uh, reggae. It looks like alternative reggae. Interesting. Is sort of his his genres. Um. Also, uh, Joey King, who yep. has been in the Kissing Booth movies, and a few other things. Um, Aaron Taylor Johnson. Who is Quicksilver for those who just watch like ma- big movies? He's also Kick Ass yep. in Kick Ass One and Two, uh, and he's in a few other things. He was in Godzilla, mm-hmm. um, the 2014 movie, and he's oh, and Tenant. He was in Tenant, and also he's going to be Craven the Hunter, which yeah. I'm very excited for, and it's going to be a good time. That um, that one will be an interesting movie for sure. Yes. Uh, now let's just, let's just go through. Uh, Brian Tyree Henry, uh, from the Internals and other things. Uh, Zazie Beetz, who was also in Deadpool two, Deadpool two, and Joker. Joker, yes, and Atlanta. If you watch Atlanta, and she was a voice actress in the Bad Guys, which we talked about on our last episode. And then you have Hiroyuki Sanada. Um, he he's a very famous um Japanese actor. He was in The Last Samurai. He was, I believe he was Scorpion in the Mortal Kombat movie. He's going to be in John Wick uh, 4. He was also in Wolverine with Hugh Jackman. Yep. Fun fact. He was in Wolverine, but he was also in Avengers Endgame. He was. Yes. As who again? Oh, as the as the as that Rodin scene. Yeah. Yeah, that was a sick scene. That was pretty dope. Oh, uh, who else we got? Any bigger, big names? Um... I, I want to save a few for the few of those names for the end, if you know what I'm talking sure, about. Sure, sure. Um, oh, Michael Shannon. Michael Shannon. Yeah. Michael Shannon, who is obviously General Zod uh, in the Man of Steel movies. And he's been in a, uh, Shape of Water. Yep. Sorry. Best Picture winner, The Shape of Water, directed by Guillermo del Toro. And yeah, he's also been in a few other things. Uh, and I want to say uh, Karen Fukuhara, uh, she has been, she's Kamiko, Kamiko in The Boys, and she's been 
Oh, also, yeah, I forgot about that. She's also uh, Katana in the Suicide Squad. Oh, right. It's like in Suicide Squad, not the Suicide Squad. 2016 crapshoot, yeah. Yeah, she played a voice. You know that? Remember, if you watch Star Wars Visions, she was uh, that sister in that one show. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Small world. And to round off the cast, uh, Logan Lerman, who's also, who was in Fury with Brad Pitt. Uh, he was also in the Percy Jackson movies and the perks of being a wallflower. Nice. So that is your main cast. Yep. Um, so like I said, stellar, stellar main cast. And again, if you've already seen the movie and you're, you're listening, we'll, we'll get to a couple cameos in a little bit here. Just yes. hold off. Have, have some patience. Yes, please. Please have some patience. Um, yeah, so that's kind of the main cast and we, I think we, we I, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to take Ashen's word. I think they did amazing. Yes. We think we, they did amazing. And when I saw the cast, I'm like, yeah, dude, we got to go see this movie because people, the people in this movie obviously are class, like class A actors and actresses. And having them in a movie like this works so well. It really does. Yeah. It really does. Uh, actually, anything you want to add there? Yeah, you know, uh, I was definitely surprised by a lot of these performances. Like, I know for Brad Pitt, you don't like he he's done some comedic roles before, but this role for him was like it just felt kind of different than some of the other stuff I've seen him do. Like he he was kind of playing like this hippie like uh super comedic like everything bad just kind of happens to me character, but somehow he makes it out alive. And he was kind of like a punching bag and it was like it was just really funny. Uh Joey King as well. I was actually kind of surprised by her performance because I don't know if you've seen the kissing booth I've seen those. I personally didn't mind them as much, but, you know, I will admit they're not, like, the best movies in the world. No. Um, She's, yeah, I just never really expected her to kind of be, like, this villainous actress who's just kind of, yeah. Manipulative. Manipulative, yeah. And, you know, there's a big plot twist at the end, too, when you find out that uh, she's the White Dragon's daughter. Wait, it's White Dragon, right? Or White Death, White Death. White Death. White Death, yeah. Sorry. Who was played by by Michael Shannon? Yeah, uh, and yeah, you know, you just, you don't really, yeah, you don't see you don't really see that coming as much. There's a couple of hints here and there, uh, but it it was super cool to kind of see her like take on that role and, you Absolutely. know, do the whole British accent thing. I think she's actually American, isn't she? Or is she actually oh, British? Because yeah, sure that would be embarrassing. I'm, I'm pretty, pretty sure. sure she's American. She is from. Yeah, she's from California. Yeah, she's from LA. Yep. Yeah, so she put on a British accent, which is interesting. Um, I don't know, like, I think I think she would have been fine without it. Uh, but it was very, it kind of hid sort of her character from everyone. It just kind kind of helped hide that. So I guess it worked out. Um, yeah, you know, I think overall, stellar roles, stellar stellar casting, uh, and just for this kind of movie, I think they nailed it with all that. Yeah, this movie had a very and some points had very emotional uh, points. Oh, yeah. Uh, my f- two favorite characters were uh, Brian Tyree Henry, who played Lemon, and uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson, who played Tangerine. Dude. So they played brothers, and uh, they played off each other so well. They did. And uh, you can tell, like, immediately that there was character backstory. Like, you think these guys were just business partners, but uh, they showed the emotion of brothers. And I actually felt that. I was like, dude, this is pretty cool. 
So I'm glad that we got to see those two interact with each other because, you know, I want to see them in another movie together. And they might be because they're both going to be in the MCU. Oh, true. Well, well Brian Her- T. Tyree Henry's already in the MCU. Aaron Taylor Johnson was already in it, and then he kind of got killed off in his first movie in it. Oh, that's true. Um, but who knows? Maybe maybe we'll see a multiverse event where he comes in as Craven. I don't know. One can wish. Is, is Craven supposed to be part of the MCU? I no, think I think was. he's just part of Sony's universe. Oh man, unfortunately, but okay. yeah, yeah, you know they those two characters, they were just such a hoot and holler. Like I love the whole like Thomas joke. Like, yeah, Tom, Thomas like running gags. Ready? Yeah, T- Thomas. Thomas the tank the engine. Tank engine. Yeah, yes. and uh, yeah, no, dude, I, Thomas the tank engine is so funny. Like yeah. those those uh, those references. He was like calling everyone like diesel because diesel's like the bad guy and like thomas is like the good person who listens to everyone and i love how they did that in a movie called bullet train yeah yeah uh the train references were awesome yeah and just kind of the fact that you know he's like oh i learned everything i ever needed to from thomas it was like (laughs) you know what bro i felt that i felt that yeah uh ashton well you want to talk about the plot a little bit sure yeah so the plot it's Without kind of, giving too much away. Sure. Yes. So, here's how I would put it. Starts off with this guy who's had a bit of a rough go in the business of doing these odd jobs, if you know what I mean. Like these, uh, you know, murder assassination type jobs. And he's tasked with going onto this uh, train. He's kind of taking the place of someone else who had a stomach thing, as, as what they put in the movie. Yeah. Uh, He's tasked with taking over his position and kind of going in and just covering for, for, for his boy right there. So he does, and he kind of finds the job a little too easy at first. His handler on the phone is like, oh, don't worry about it. Uh, it's literally as easy as that. And he's like, no, it's never as easy as that. And guess what? He was right. It's never as easy as that. Thankfully for us, it wasn't as easy. Thank- yeah, thankfully for the audience, it wasn't that easy. As it turns out, there's a ton of different there's there's a ton of stuff going on on that bullet train this Japanese bullet train uh, there's just a lot of uh, these different people in crime on it that all have their own tasks uh, and they're all kind of yeah they're they're all kind of working towards their own goals little do they know that Things aren't as it seems for all of them, and they might have a little bit more of a connection to each other than they first thought. Yes. It's kind of like a scenario where everyone has a job to do, and and everyone's jobs interferes with everyone else's jobs. It's kind of like, it's very funny in that way, because uh, how the characters interact with each other is very like, Hey, this is this is business. I understand that you're trying to do your job. I'm trying to do my job, but also my job is to kill you. So it's very interesting that way. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So you know something else that was very interesting about that plot too was you. There's just so many little details, like so many little things that kind of happen throughout the movie that you don't really think about too much, and all of a sudden those things like come back to bite you. Like it's just, that's a constant thing that happens in this movie. It's very well thought out and planned. Uh, you know, the big, I think 
one of the funniest things for me was like the water bottle scene kind of at the mid yeah. i don't know if it was mid credits it was kind of like after they started the credits and then they stopped him like five seconds later and then put the scene in no that was like <clears throat> legit in the climax of the movie the the water bottle oh yeah no sorry i'm thinking about the tangerine scene yeah sorry that's right uh the water bottle one though was uh it, it was so funny because you know you kind of saw this fiji water bottle just lurking in a lot of these different scenes and actually it was kind of in some very important placements in some of the shots that they got whenever it was kind of featured like yeah. they always kind of had it featured in the foreground um which which was interesting I didn't catch on to it right away, but after this scene came on, I was like, I was thinking about it. And I was like, yeah, you know what? Should have saw this coming. Uh, but yeah, they kind of showed the whole history of how that bottle of Fiji water, like Fiji water, which is interesting because I think they also show Mount Fiji in the back. No, they don't because I don't know. Is Mount Fiji in Japan? Yes. Yeah, I think I think that's the Mount Fiji that I they showed in the yes. back, uh, which would also be kind of cool. But yeah. They they kind of show off um, the Fiji water bottle, how it got onto the train, how like it fell out of the vending machine but didn't fall quite right, and then when uh, Lemon went to go order something, uh, something fell on it and he got his like his item in the water bottle, took it onto the train, and then it kind of just shows like this huge montage of all the fight scenes you saw this water bottle in, the murder scene you saw this water bottle witness. Uh, you, you know, it kind of goes into Brad Pitt's character, like drugging the water bottle with like the sleeping thing. And then it's just, it, it's just so funny. And then that water bottle is used by, oh, what's his face? Uh, like the, the dude's son. Oh yeah. What's, what's his name? His name is, the actress name is Andrew Koji, but yeah. the character's name is you, uh, Yuichi Kimura. Yeah. So it's used by him to like knock out um friggin' Michael Shannon's character, the White Death. Yeah. Well, like not completely knock him out, but like just to to help distract him a bit. And dude, it was it was so funny to see that even that friggin' water bottle had like had a story. Yeah. And then yeah, you know, they also show it with like the the truck, the tangerine truck, uh, which is very which is a nod to tangerine, like Lemon's brother. Who, who does end up dying <clears throat> in a very funny way in a very away. very funny way uh but it, yeah it, it kind of shows like how he, when he, uh at the end after they after michael shannon's character is killed you get joey king coming back and just like threatening everyone with like this big machine gun and all of a sudden out of nowhere this tangerine truck just flies in and just hits her and you know, a lot of a lot of times, whenever you see something like that, you're just like, "Oh, like that's either just a stupid comedic moment or like a very easy plot point that they just put in because it's tangerines and whatever." But then at the credits, they kind of show that no, that was actually Lemon driving that thing, uh, and it, just in the funniest way, right? Yeah, absolutely. No, like, oh man, uh, the way that the movie sets up things like that um, is pretty spectacular because. You're like, oh yeah, that happened, or like, oh man, it's like, you know, actually, do, you know, do you know the expression Chekhov's gun? Nope. So Chekhov's gun is a film technique where, uh, it's it doesn't have to be a gun, but it's a, ob I don't know, I don't, I forget the history of, of it, but it's when an object is placed in the foreground and it it kind of foreshadows it being used, and there was a time, there was a lot of times in this movie where there were objects that were like, oh yeah, that's a thing. So, 
it keeps keeps uh you keep it in the back of your mind and then eventually there's a payoff right uh you know big well film techniques type of stuff and they did that a lot especially with the water bottle like ashen said uh even with the tangerine the snake the snake yeah the snake was like there was a snake on this train a very poisonous snake um that is almost shown like for a good like 50 minutes of the movie oh 100 if not more i think even more. this thing had more screen time than freaking captain america did in infinity war do you know what no i'm just kidding it did. <laughs> <laughs> maybe <laughs> uh no yeah i know uh this is a really well written movie um that often surprises you with its action scenes and with it's very clever with the very clever way it tells a story. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, we don't want to say too much because this movie just came out and we want you to go see it. Yeah. You know, even though it's a review, we don't want to reveal too much because it's worth seeing. Uh, and yeah, you know, if you if you are listening to this after you see the movie, you probably already kind of know some of the things that we, you know, you, you know probably enjoyed a lot of the same things that we enjoyed. Um, so you're, you're all caught up in, on it anyway. We, we affirm it. We affirm it. If that's what you're looking for, that's why I watch reviews sometimes after I see the movie. Me too. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it was just, it was just a fun movie. It was a fun ride all around. Uh, I think it's kind of refreshing to get the sort of action comedy as well. You know, it's, it's interesting because at first I was kind of putting this as like a friggin' like, um, a Sean Levy movie. Because I, I totally misread the director's name. I totally <laughs> thought it was Sean Levy. So I was like, oh, dude, of course. it's We're, we're going to get like a friggin' like Ryan Reynolds cameo in there somewhere. And it's going to be like just a, a very goofy movie like Free Guy was. Or it's going to be kind of like a an interesting like sci-fi special effects thing like the Adam Project or whatever. Then I was like, no, never mind. It's not Sean Levy. You know, you, do you have the director pulled up? David Leach. Yeah. Wait, right? Not David so. Lynch. David Leach. Yeah, no, it's David Leach. Yeah. 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 And let's see. What else did he direct? Didn't he direct some of the Deadpools? That would make sense if he did. Yeah. Let's say he... Uh, yeah, directed... Here's what he Deadpool directed. Two? Uh, Bullet Train, Deadpool yep. 2. Oh, Atomic Blonde. Atomic Blonde, Hobbs and Shaw, John Wick... Uh, nobody. Oh, and Fight Club. Did he actually direct Fight Club? Oh, no, that's David Fincher. I'm like, no, that's not David Leach. Okay, well, okay, so he's he didn't direct all these movies, but he's been involved in a lot of these movies. Okay. As uh, producers and, uh, yeah, producers. Oh, okay, gotcha. He did, but he did direct uh, Atomic Blonde, Deadpool 2, and Hobbs and Shaw. Yeah. And he was, pro- or he helped produce uh, John Wick as well. Yes. So this man really knows what he's doing when it comes to these uh, action movies and action comedies as well. Wait, nobody. Did he direct that one as well? Don't think so. No, it was nope. Ilya Nalishurer. Yeah, but he did help produce it. Yeah. Which is interesting because the role of a producer is like actually sometimes a lot more intensive than the director itself because they start planning even just before they even find a director for that movie in a lot of cases. Yeah. Which is interesting. So yeah, anyway, I, you know, I think uh, he, he did a really good job with this one. Uh, it, it actually, like, there's a lot of polish on this. 
you know, one thing that we've been talking about a lot lately on the pod has kind of been, you know, just how kind of upset we've been about some of these very just poor effects in a lot of like Marvel movies, especially that have come out. And it was it was kind of interesting. It's just really refreshing to watch like an action comedy, which is how I'd classify most Marvel movies as anyway. Um, Yes. Action comedies. Yeah. Action comedies. It's just very refreshing to kind of see like a more of a realistic action comedy that's set somewhere else other than like freaking America in, in Japan. And it has just like it's, it's just a fun movie. Like if you're looking for a fun movie to go watch with your friends on a Friday night, you're not going to be disappointed by this one. No, I had a lot of laughs like, dude, the, like we, we already went over a lot of the jokes we really appreciated in this movie. And it was just fun overall. It was like very well polished. Uh, I didn't really have I didn't have any gripes with uh, any of the like effects or anything. They they did their homework for this movie. They really did. All oh, the Japanese culture is great and stuff. Yeah, they, and they, I believe they actually like took parts of a bullet train and actually like filmed on it and stuff. Yeah, on a soundstage, not on the actual track, but on a soundstage. Dang, if they did this on an actual bullet train though. That's like Christopher Nolan type stuff. Yeah, <laughs> who yeah who uh, gets a plane and runs into an aircraft hangar. Yeah, yeah. Um, what else was was I gonna say? Uh, why don't we talk about those cameos? Yeah, let's do it. Let's talk about the cameos. Let's do it. Uh, so Brad Pitt's character, um, is his like handler is uh, a lady who talks to him through his through his phone, and she's like talking to him. About, talking to him throughout the entire film and kind of like calming him down, telling him what to do and just like being overall like a person who can, you can count on. Right. And I'm like, I think I recognize the voice. Like almost immediately I recognize this voice. Uh, and then at the end, like maybe like two minutes before the credits roll, she comes in and I'm like, yep, I was right. And that person is Sandra Bullock. Oh boy. If you don't know who, don't know who she is, she's been in, a lot of things like uh what's it called what's that movie she was that she got like an oscar for uh the blind side blind side uh but she was she's been in like bird box the proposal bird, i forgot about bird box oh and the proposal with ryan reynolds ryan reynolds who was also in this movie yeah dude as like a legit like a five second cameo it was so funny though it's it, it pays off it pays off uh because you know the guy he plays the guy that brad pitt's character was replacing i forget his name um like the, the character's name but pretty much the guy that assassinated uh the white death's wife yeah. which is why he called uh or which is why he wanted him on that train in the first place was so that he could get them everyone that was, was kind of his enemies to kill each other if that yeah. wasn't obvious at first uh yeah, so it it was really funny to see that. Oh, of course it's gonna be like Ryan Reynolds or whoever. Yeah, and we forgot one more cameo, Ashton. Yeah, it was this man who was you know just a passenger on a train, and who made, played a very comedic role. And that very man sus. was Channing, Channing Tatum, Tatum, who was also in the Lost City with Sandra, Sandra Bullock. Bullock. Wow, and it. also with Brad Pitt. Oh my gosh. It all comes full it circle. It all comes full circle, dude. Dude, I forgot about that. Which is very funny because the character that Brad Pitt plays in The Lost City is very similar to the character he plays here. He's sort of this like super like amped up uh like military train like trained dude 
yeah. that's you know taking this that's job so for Channing Tatum's character in the Lost City, and you know he ends up like getting shot or whatever. But then he comes back and he's also like this super like zen kind of guy, right? Uh, yeah. Like super like hipster. He he has like the same haircut and everything, and it was just it was so funny to kind of see like the three of them, even though they they all weren't in a scene together. Um, but Brad Pitt interacted with both of these characters. It was just so funny to see all of them in this. Yeah, man, this was a good movie. I I it really I enjoyed was it immensely. Yeah. Uh, Ashton, anything else you want to talk about about this movie? Yeah, I think, too, something that I I also found interesting was, you know, there's there's also, like, in a lot of these movies, there, there's a bit of a deeper message in a lot of them. And, you know, I think this movie, it talks a lot about kind of, like, fate and whatever. Uh, but I, I kind of, I, I feel like sort of a big part of it was, you know, not every situation you're thrown into, even though if it seems bad is going to necessarily be like a bad thing. Like it's bad in the moment, but when you actually have time to like reflect on things a bit, it might actually be for the best that some of those things happens. Yes. Uh, I mean, the topic of fate was kind of played off in a comedic way in a very serious way, but I think, I think everyone, everyone got the message. Yeah. It was very clear. It was, it was very clear. Yeah. And, you know, like, I'm, I'm not superstitious, but I'm a little stitious. <laughs> so it, it, was, it was very interesting to kind of see them take that sort of big thing. And, you know, there's this whole thing from the movie of, you know, Joey King's character is like, oh, super lucky or whatever. She says that multiple times. And Brad Pitt's character is like super unlucky. Uh, and then you kind of like get the old Japanese man come in and he talks all this talk about fate and whatnot and yeah it's it's super interesting to kind of see them take this whole like message on that and just kind of you know they they play around with it they have their fun with it but then in the end it's kind of like yeah you know sometimes these horrible things that happen could kind of be like part of a bigger thing or whatever yes so yeah pretty cool interesting message very interesting, Very interesting, to say the least. And the way that they mix it into this action comedy is so great. Yeah. You know, one big gripe I have is that a lot of reviews that I've read so far, like I, I read a couple in the car, uh, and I read a few like non-spoiler ones before we saw this movie, and people are like, oh, it's like a very like action-centered like comedy, but the comedy Good. doesn't really stick. What do you it's mean? like, what do you mean? This is one of the funniest things I've seen. Uh, I would no, put this like... In terms of all the action comedies I've seen this year, I'd put this second to only to The Lost City. Oh, I think I put it above The Lost You'd City. You put it above? I would, yeah. Okay. No, dude, this was my jam. <laughs> I think I need more time to think it through a little bit. Yeah. But how, I, many, okay, how many times have you seen The Lost City? I've seen it twice. Okay, so have I. Yeah. Okay. But then, then again, we think differently. We do. So that's okay. Yeah. While we disagreed on something. I think one big thing about you know ranking movies as well is like how it holds up on like the second showing yeah so maybe after i watch this i'll find it funnier than i found the lost city the second time and put it back above it we'll see i can i do want to see this movie again though like it was really good yeah i, I would go again yeah do yeah. you imagine this in imax <laughs> <laughs> dude okay actually let's let's talk a little bit i know we already touched on it but let's talk a little bit about the dbox experience it was okay. Yeah, it was okay. It was okay. You know, it's kind of like so my 
prior experience with the, with D-Box has only been the Batman and Top Gun Maverick. Top Gun Maverick is by far the best D-Box experience I've ever had. And if you want to hear more about that, go listen to our review on Top Gun Maverick. It was pretty great, I think. Uh, and, you know, the Batman was really cool, too, especially with, like, the Batmobile scene. Uh, but other than that, it was kind of... This one kind of felt, like, a lot like, oh, your chair just kind of moves with every punch or whatever. Yeah. And after a little bit, it kind of got a little excessive. Like, at one point, I kind of repositioned my neck so I could at least get a neck massage out of it. Uh, just, I know he's falling asleep, but he was just moving his neck. Yeah. No, it was it was just because, you know, might as well take advantage of, like, a vibrating chair. Uh, and my, my neck feels fine now. Thank, th- thanks glad. for wondering. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> it, it was fine. I don't think you necessarily have to see this one in D-Box. If you really like D-Box, then go for it. Um, but if you're just wanting to see this movie doesn't matter that much i would say you know if if it's a tuesday and you can get a cheap ticket anyway go see this in yeah. vip enjoy yourself have Is a drink loosen up if it ever ends up in vip i don't know uh yeah. you know maybe imax i don't know if it was necessarily like i don't the think it, i don't think it's gonna IMAX be an imax movie. Not, i would want to yeah it, it it's yeah. interesting like seeing this on a bigger display would be kind of cool uh but it you know it's not as important as like seeing top gun maverick on an imax display uh, I don't I don't know if it was shot in IMAX or anything either. Probably not. Uh, you know, but if if you just want to go see this, have have a fun movie night out. Uh, don't worry about having to like pay for the upgrade. I think you'll enjoy it as equally, with or without that experience. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Anything else, Ashton? No, I think I'm good, dude. Ashton, okay. Here's here's the question. <clears throat> out of ten samurai swords, what would you uh, what would you rate Bullet Train? I'd rate it like a solid like seven and a half. Mm, okay. What would you rate it? If we're going by samurai swords, I'm gonna go like eight samurai swords. Really? No, wait, let me think about it. I'll go to seven. Okay. I mean, some of the deaths were uh, just a little weird for me, <laughs> especially especially when involving tangerines. Uh, I mean, it makes sense, but eh. Fair <laughs> enough. Yeah. Dude, that Aaron Taylor Johnson scene was so funny. Yeah. Like, it sucked, but it was so funny, and it grosses you out. A series of unfortunate events. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that whole Romeo and Juliet thing that happened there with, between the two brothers. Yeah. Where you have, like, Lemon seeing Tangerine, like, quote-unquote. Or, sorry, you see Tangerine seeing, like, Lemon, quote-unquote, dead. Yeah. And then he's actually just, like, drugged with the sleeping, and he has, like, a Kevlar vest with a gun bullet hole wounds aren't actually, like, you know, there. Um... And then, you know, he, like, he wakes up later and sees that, like, Lemon wakes up later and sees that Tangerine's dead. And it, it's just so... It's heartbreaking, It's bro. heartbreaking to see them, like, you know, cry for each other. But it's also, like, very funny how they played that off as, like, a Romeo and Juliet thing. Because, like, you know, these two guys, they have a really great relationship. This is true. As brothers. And, you know, if you have a great relationship with your brothers, then, you know, you kind of feel, like, that deeper level of, like you know brotherly love brotherly protection and that would be like really heartbreaking but it's also like yeah, so funny to see yeah, these man. characters play off of each other um in just the way that they did so yeah there's that i guess yeah um yeah, i think that's it guys i think that's it this is a shorter video than we usually do kind yeah. of uh shooting from the hip because we got back from the theater well like, like 45 to an hour ago yeah we literally just saw this movie so it's still fresh yeah uh 
give it a watch. Highly recommend this movie. Not for kids. Not for kids. Not a kids movie. No, no, not no, at no, all. No. Not a family movie. Uh, the first like what minute and a half. I'm like, no, not for kids. There, there's, there's things you, uh, you see. Oh, you catch my drift. Yeah. Or there's two, there's two things you see. Okay. Anyways, um, <laughs> thank you for listening to this episode of the podcast. Like, like I keep on teasing. Got a couple more episodes coming out this week, so uh, give that give those a listen when they come out. But until next time, I'm Nat and I'm Ashton, and, and we, we are, are the Nerds, Nerds in Flannel. Flannel. Peace. <laughs>